we crown you lord of all in this room in this atmosphere in jesus name we pray amen you may be seated god bless you are you excited about being the house of the lord david said i was glad when they said unto me let us go to the house of the lord and it's great to see you even on this very cold cold night hallelujah john chapter 1 john chapter 1 verse 1 to 4 i'm reading a classic new amplified version it says that in the beginning before all time was the word christ and the word was with god and the word was god himself he was presenting he was present originally with god all things were made and came into existence through him and without him was not even a one thing made that was that has come into being in him was life and the life was the light of men here ends the reading of his holy word john the john wrote that in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god today we want to continue with the foundation of the power of god's word the foundation of the power of god's word He says that the beginning was the word. Hallelujah. The beginning was not prayer. The beginning was what? The beginning was not prophecy. The beginning was what? The beginning was not worship. The beginning was what? Ah, I can't hear you. You are you I know you are feeling a little cold, but work with me. The beginning was what? Um no 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 I can do a whole camp meeting at that particular stop. In the beginning was what? Primus inter pares means the first among equals. The first thing is always the most important thing. Hallelujah. It comes before everything else. When you don't deal with the first things first, everything else becomes mangled up. One of the greatest achievement that Satan has been able to achieve is to move the first to the second or to the third or to the fourth. So in our Christian life the beginning is not the word. The beginning is prophecy. The beginning is the pastor. The beginning is the church. The beginning is worship. The beginning is any and every other thing apart from the word. But the Bible says what the beginning was what the word which means that it is the primus inter pares first amongst equals you know in, in the in the um, olden days in the Jewish uh, modicolic culture the first born child has half the right of all the father's inheritance the rest of the children will share the rest <laughs> so if let's say the man has uh, one 10 million and 10 children the first born son gets 5 million 
the, the nine children are left with five million to share amongst themselves. Because the first born or the first thing is very important. Hallelujah. In him was life and the life was what? The light of men. Hallelujah. In who? The word. Somebody say the word. In the word is life. The word, life is not in worship. Life is not in prayer. Life is not in the church service. Life is not in the pastor. Life is in the word. One of the most um, unpopular things that we have in our day-to-day as Christians is the lack of love for the word. We like any and every other thing, but not the word. Without realizing that, look at verse 2, verse 2, go to verse 2. Without the word, nothing could be made that was made. The word was what? In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was what? God himself. He was in the beginning creating all things. Without him, verse 3, nothing was made. All things were made and came into existence through him. In other words, all things that we are going to achieve as Christians will never come to pass without the word of God. Uh, I don't know whether you are getting what I'm saying. I don't care how much you love praying in tongues. If you don't know and you don't have a grips on the word of God, you are not going to last in your Christian life. Nothing will be brought into existence, no matter how many hours you spend praying, if the word of God is absent. Uh, I don't know. I don't know whether you are coming alive. You look like you are still in uh, the grave, but I'll see if I can resurrect you. All things were made and came into existence through him, and without him was not even one thing made that was made. Nothing will come into being without the word of God. Hallelujah. Nothing. When we say nothing, what does it mean? Nothing. Zero. See why now Christians, when we come to church, the word of God is our least favorite place. The word, the, the teaching of the word or the preaching of the word is our least. That is, we, we don't carry notes. We don't write notes. We are not lovers of the word. That is why things are not being created in our lives. That is why we are not being able to achieve things in our lives. When Jesus met Satan in the battle at the beginning in Luke chapter 4, Luke chapter 3, chapter 4, uh, Matthew chapter 3, it, it was the word that, say, that Jesus stood on to overcome Satan. Are you with me? Everything that Satan threw, it is written. Everything Satan said, Jesus said, it is written. It is written. It is written. What is written? Do you know what is written? In other words, if you don't know what is written, you'll be defeated by Satan. Hallelujah. 
I know you want to be a student of engineering, you want to be a student of uh, law, you want to be a student of politics, you want to be a student of medicine. It's all good, but be a student of the word. Because it doesn't matter what, what type of student you become. If you are not a student of the word, you are powerless. I uh, didn't hear you say amen. If you are not a student of the word, you are powerless. In Psalm 33, verse 6 to 8, the Bible says, by the word, somebody say by the word. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. Their star host, or their starry host, their starry host by the breath of his mouth. He gathers the waters of the sea into jars. He puts the deep into the storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the people of the world revere him. Hallelujah. We are talking about the word. Everything that was made was made out of the word of God. I, we, we started last week by talking about foundation. If the foundation be destroyed, hallelujah. If the foundation be destroyed, what would the righteous do? In the first Corinthians chapter 3, last week, we're looking at verse 12. It says that we can use a lot of variety of materials to build a foundation. Some will build with gold, some will build with straw, some will build with wood, some will build with silver, some will build with a, a, a plethora of things. But, you see, what you build your Christian life with will be revealed by fire. Amen. So we can build our Christian life on worship. Most people like to worship rather than know the word of God. Most people came through worship. We like the gospel music, so we know the worship. We don't have anything. We, we are very shallow in the word. And some of us are even more shallower in the prayer. Just worship. Or just come to church and groove. It's nice. As soon as the music finishes, you go to sleep. You only come alive when the last song is being sung and the grace is shared and you come alive and then that's it. Hallelujah. I am not discounting the worship. I'm not discounting any and every other thing. But you see, you cannot be successful in your Christian life if the word of God is wanting. Hallelujah. So if we have to build any foundation, it's the word. This afternoon, I was talking to a bishop friend of mine, and um, he told me a story. I don't know whether I should share the story. It's Wednesday, I can share it. He told me a story that happened to him. He said, recently, uh, two ladies started coming to the church, and he had noticed these two. I mean, like, they just came. They, they had been coming. Like, a lot of people come by. For some reason, he took interest in these two ladies. And he decided to find out who they were and went to visit them. They were sisters who had just come into this. But one had just come into the system. And she said that she had been told that before she can settle in this part of the world, she will have to be pregnant. So she was asking the pastor, the pastor, can you recommend anybody who can get me pregnant? I'm not telling you. I'm not telling you a fairy tale. I'm telling you something that I was told this afternoon. And the pastor was 
trying to encourage the sister that no, don't go that route. And they try to encourage the, the, the lady and everything. And this girl has just come, you know, in the, in the church. She's like around active. And then said, last Sunday or the Sunday before, so the lady was excited and just going around. Then the lady said, oh, pastor, pastor, I have, some, I have good news. I have good news. I have something to tell you. So she said, what is this? She said, I'm pregnant. Who is the unfortunate brother? Say, Pastor, that's not important. I told you that she didn't worry about it. The only thing that I needed is the pregnancy. I will look after. You see, and as we were having this conversation, then I said to him that this is because the we, the pastor, we need to own the problem. We need to accept that we are the cause of the problem because we are not breaking the word of God down so that people are built in Christ. We are not digging the foundation to go deep for people to understand where they have come. You haven't come to the nightclub. You haven't come to the marketplace. This is not a social club. This is not a place to come and propagate your agenda. Your agenda is to stay. So get any guy who is randy around and just sleep with the person so that you can have pregnancy. And with that pregnancy, somebody has misled you into thinking that when you get pregnant, you get uh, your permit to stay. Hallelujah. I said... We are very, very happy as pastors to build complex sermons, you know, on shallow sand. We haven't done anything. We haven't dug the ground for the people. We haven't explained who Christ is. We haven't even introduced the people properly to Christ. We are building prosperity. We are building, you know, a lot of things that don't matter. When the foundation is weak, it's only one little wind, it's only one little storm, it's only one little rain, and the whole house is swept away. Yeah. Hallelujah. The more I spoke to my bishop friend, the more I, I, I felt led to, if all year, all I teach is the foundation, I think I would have done a good job. If that's all I do, hallelujah. Because why go to complex sermons when your very Christian, your Christianity is shaky? Because your the old you and the new you are the same. There's no makeover, no transformation. Anyone that comes to Christ is a new creation. All things are passed away. All things are what? Become new. But you, all things haven't passed away. All are the same. Hallelujah. It means we haven't done a good job. Listen, it's time to get acquainted with the Bible. See, 
the most important thing that you and I can ever know and have is not prayer, is not complex anything, is the Bible. And when I say the Bible, I mean the basic Bible. If I am, if I were you, I will stop putting Bibles in, on phones and Bibles on uh, uh, computer, laptops and iPads. It's fine. It's great. But get the Bible. I say get the Bible. You know, when you get acquainted with the old school, this, the old school, and you begin to read and see something just hits you and then you circle it or you color it. See, when you, you are engrossed in this, you are not distracted. Once you take the, the tablet or the phone, as you are, somebody will just flash or something will just come and before you realize it, you are distracted. You go to watch, you know, somebody has just sent you a, a, a WhatsApp message, which is a joke, and then you go on to look at something else. Before you realize you have been distracted and whatever you are trying to study is gone. Are you with me? Next week, I'll inspect your Bibles. Everybody must bring a Bible. Next week, I bring a Bible. When I say bring a Bible, this is my Bible. And then when you come, when you come, I'll say, everybody lift up your Bible. And I'll say, this is my Bible. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do whatever it says I can do. Today, I'll be instructed by the word of God. My life will never be the same because I'll be taught the word of God that has the power to change me and make me a brand new man. Ah, put your hands together for the Lord. I think, I think from now, I will stop using iPad and start preaching from the Bible, the raw Bible, so that you understand that what I'm reading there is the same thing that is here. Oh, you don't like it. So that you so that you will get acquainted with the word. Bible says that without this, nothing was made that was made. Which means that without this, nothing in your Christian life will ever come into existence. Are you with me? Because otherwise, oh, my pastor says, what if your pastor is wrong? What if your pastor misquoted the scripture? What if you misheard, you misheard what he said? You know that sometimes somebody can say something and you hear something different. So what if at the time you are distracted, you are maybe looking on your phone and he said something and then you heard a different thing? Let me go before she changes my sermon. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So, the foundation of reading the word of God is paramount. Hallelujah. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15, it says that as you have been taught the holy scriptures from childhood and have been given the wisdom they have given you the wisdom to receive 
the salvation that comes through by trusting Jesus, Christ Jesus. Amen. The scripture, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us what is right. Hallelujah. To do what is right. God uses it to produce and equip people to do every good work. Hallelujah. So God uses his word to equip you, to prepare you to produce every good work. Which means that without the word, you are, not, you are ill-prepared. Without the word, you, will, you, will, you are ill-equipped. Without the word, you cannot produce good work. You produce a work, but it won't be good work. That is why the thing that has been taken out of the church the most is the word of God. Most times these days, pastors just gloss over the word. You go to a church, they would not read more than three, uh, three verses. Probably you'll be lucky to get one verse, two verses, and then you get the rest is stories and uh, things that happen here, there, political issue, and then, then we get up and go. The word is very light. Are you with me? No, no, no. Let everything, everything and everything I say must be based on the word of God. Anything and everything that is said from here must be based on the word of God. And I said, I was going to, I gave you, started giving you five, was this, I said I was going to be ten things, ten important reasons why you must become a student of the word. The first one was what? What you read and study, you are what you read, basically. Are you with me? You are what you read. So if you read junk, you are junk. If you read the pure, unadulterated word of God, you become pure. Amen. What you read impacts you. And I give the example of somebody reading a book and becoming a doctor. Somebody reading a book and becoming a lawyer because they've been impacted by what they read. Hallelujah. Not everybody read, reads medical uh, journals who want or become a doctor. But the one that stays long at the medical books is the one that becomes. Uh, am I making sense? Number two, the word of God carries what? Power to do what? To teach and impact you for daily living. Which means that everyday advice can be found in the word. Daily living. Daily living. Even the kind of friends you need to have around you. The type of things you must do. What you must say. What you must not say. What you must uh, uh, focus on. What you must think on. It's all by the word. It's for daily living. You are a very depressive person. In Philippians 4, verse 8, it says that whatsoever things are pure, things are lovely, of good report, honest, just. Those are the things you must think about 
Meditate on those things. Are you with me? Pure, lovely, admirable. Think about that. The, the things that are excellent. Where they go on? Go on. Keep putting into practice all you learn and receive from me everything you've heard from me and saw me doing. Then God, the God of peace will be with you. Keep putting into practice what you read, what you hear. Hallelujah. Because that is how the word impacts you. You see, children learn not only by uh, what they hear, but what they see. As they are watching you, as they see you reading and you telling them to do and they do, then they are learning. In the same way, as newborn babies desire the sincere milk of the word, you know, whatever you hear, whatever is taught you, practice it. The more you do, the more you practice, the more you become a changed person. Number three. Regular reading of the word will change your thinking. Hallelujah. Regular reading. The reason why your thinking hasn't changed. Your thinking is still very corrupt. It's because you haven't changed very much. And you haven't changed very much because you haven't allowed the word to to renew your thinking. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind through what? The word of God. It is the word of God that will change your thinking. That is why you must allow the word to sit inside you. You must allow the word to soak into you. You must be a reader of the word. In this world, the people who rule are readers. Readers are leaders. Those who can read and those who don't read. Or those who can't read and those who don't read are the same. Did you hear that? Those who can't read and those who don't read are the same. They are led by those who read. So Satan has read, so Satan can lead you. Can you imagine if Jesus hadn't read? Satan came with the word because he had read the word. And says that isn't he saying that he will give his angels charge over you that lest you 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 dash your foot against the stone, he will bear you. Or, didn't he say that? Was it not in the word? So if he didn't know the word, he said, ah, it's true. See, most of us these days we get uh, we ask, ah, it's true, because. We don't know what he says. So somebody comes and, and convinces us with the, the same word and then we go with it. Because those who can't read and those who don't read are the same. Hallelujah. Number four. I gave you three. Okay. Number four is... Reading the Bible every day helps us to discover the next step to take in life. Reading every day 
helps you to take the next step. How many know the next right step to take? Give me a wave. You know the next step in your life. Apart from Chisholm, who knows the next step? Our next step is un, unassured because we haven't walked this way before. I, I, I'm not making sense. You haven't been this age before. You haven't seen this minute, this hour before. So the next thing to do is not very, very certain. See that the one who thinks that they stand, they should be careful lest they they fall. Because when you are too sure of yourself, you make mistakes. Have you not realized that the day you were very sure of yourself, that was the day you made your greatest boo-boo? The day you thought that I've got this, this exam. I thought I've torn the paper. That was the day that the paper really did something bad to you. You thought you were tearing the paper. You didn't know that the, the, the paper had made mincemeat of you. In Psalm 119 verse 105, it says, your word is a lamp unto, unto my feet and a light to my path. Which means that the uncertainty of life is taken away by the light and the illumination that the word of God brings. Yes, last week I was telling that who to marry, do you know? How can you know? How would you know? How sure are you that this is Mr. Wright? You don't know. But when the word becomes a lamp and a light, you see, anytime light comes, it gives you a change in perspective. Are you with me? When you are in a dark room, or you imagine all sorts. When the light comes, they know exactly what is where. What is in the room. Sometimes you may think that this is the biggest and the nicest room because it smells nice. Until the light comes on and you see that it's full of snakes. But you would never know that there were snakes there when the lights were off. Are you marrying a snake? There's a story of, of a, a prophet, a young prophet. This type of young prophet who saw this lady. And when she saw the lady in the church, he received a revelation that, that says the Lord, this one, and because he's a prophet and he wants to fulfill all righteousness, he didn't want to know anything or get close to the lady. He said, lady, I am marrying you. Oh. Went to the pastor. The, the Lord has said, this is mine. The lady, the, the pastor did all things. Within a month and a half, six weeks they were married. Six weeks they were married. And on the night, when they got in after the, the wedding and they got into the hotel room, 
brother had been fasting and praying and he's like, so, brother went into, went into the bathroom, took a shower. The lady was lying on the bed. And the brother came out of the bathroom excited. And the lady was just in a, what do we call it? I haven't said anything. Don't do it. You see, Pastor Gloria, these are your people. They are not born again. No. These ones, they, I don't think they are born again. They have to be born again, again. Then the lady said, are you sure you are a prophet? This is the guy. This is him. That's the bed. He's approaching. And the lady said, are you sure? You are a prophet. See, by the grace of God, I am the prophet of the Tatagrammaton. Yeshua Amashiach is my father. So, if you were a prayer prophet, you would have known that I'm a witch. And that have been sent to destroy you. Brother had his white towel on his waist. With a white towel and his bare feet, he opened the door, away bus. The marriage was never consummated. Because he was not guided by the word. There's a scripture in the Bible I love so much. I looked through the casement of my window and I saw a young man devoid of understanding walking along the paths to the way of the strange woman. And the woman said, come. My beloved, I have perfumed my bed and the good man has gone far away. He's going to be away for many, many weeks. So come, let us take our fill of love. And he didn't know that her doorway leads to death. Many Men have gone that way to their destruction. It was a man devoid of understanding, a simple thing. See, when you don't know the word, you are ignorant. And when you are ignorant, you are simple-minded. And when you are simple-minded, you become a prey for the enemy. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17.
All scriptures are inspired, isn't it? Let's read Psalm 119 verse 9. Psalm 119 verse 9. How can a young man stay pure? This man I'm talking about, this boy who is devoid of understanding. Have you found it? It's in Proverbs. Find the scripture for me. This man can only stay pure. Sorry? Proverbs 7. From, from 18. Is it from? No, from the, the man devoid of understanding. That's where I started from. How can a young person stay pure? By obeying the word of God. Hallelujah. That's the only way you can stay pure. That's the only way you can avoid the strange woman. Verse 5. Proverbs 7, 5. You want me to go there? I don't want to. That's not my message. See, this will sit at the back of the car and drive. Let uh, no, no, give me the new King James of this one. It's, it's better in the new King James. That they may keep you from the immoral woman, from the seductress who flatters with her words. Six. Quick, quick, this is not part of. For at the window of my house, I look through my latches. And I saw among the simple a, and perceived among the youth a young man devoid of understanding. Passing along the street near her corner and he took the path to her house. In the twilight, in the evening, in the black and the dark night. And there the woman met him with the attire of a harlot and a crafty hat. And she was loud and rebellious. And her feet would not stay at home. At that time, she was outside. And at the time, she was in the open square, lurking in every corner. So she caught him and kissed him with an impudent face and said to him, I have peace office. Today, I have paid my vows. I paid my tithe. I went to church. And so I came to meet you delight, diligently to seek your face. I have found you. I spread my bed with tapestry, colored coverings with Italian linen, Egyptian linen. I have perfumed my bed with mare, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let us take our fill of love until the morning. Let us delight ourselves with love. For my husband is at, not at home, he's gone to a far country. He has taken a bag of money with him. And will not come anytime soon. <laughs> With enticing speech, she caught him to yield. With her flattering lips, she seduced him. Immediately, he went after, as an ox goes before the slaughter, or as a fool to the correction of the stocks. Till an arrow struck his liver as a bird hastens to the snare. He did not know what was coming. This is what happens when you're devoid of the word. Are you with me? We are not sure of our next step. 
So we need the word. The word will ignite the light that will make your next step more assured and more certain. Then you can see. Then you can take the word. That is why it's so important that whatever you're doing, any relationship you begin, you must start on the foundation of the word. Build the relationship on the word. Hallelujah. Don't build it on emotions. Build it on the word. See, and when you see somebody in sleep with them, see somebody in sleep, you don't know the person. Because really, all you are gearing towards meeting the person is to sleep with the person. And as soon as you finish sleeping, you finish and achieve the aim why you saw the person. So any and everything else that the person has, you don't realize. You didn't realize that she's lazy. You didn't realize that she's a witch. You didn't realize she's Kantan Cross. You didn't realize. Look at the, the description of this strange woman. Loud, a liar, rebellious, flattery words. She's lurking in the street corner. She's a busybody. She's a prostitute. She has a husband by chasing other boys. Let me leave it there. Let's go. Next one. What number are we on? Number five. Reading a a Bible keeps you away from sin. Hallelujah. How can a young man keep themselves pure? They can only do that through the word of God. Amen. Psalm 119 verse 9 to 11. Hallelujah. The only way you can keep yourself pure is by the word of God. Number six. Let me finish, then we can go home. We'll continue next week. Is that okay? Reading the Bible helps us to renew our minds. So we can know what is God's will. Hallelujah. Listen, what you think is right is not necessarily right. What you think is okay is not necessarily okay. What you think is true is not necessarily true. It's what God says is true that is true. Not what our father said. Not what our mother said. Not what any other person said. What did God say? Hallelujah. So, what does, what is the mind of God concerning this situation? Ecclesiastes chapter 3 says there's nothing new under the sun. What things that have been, that would, is, is today, has been before. Is there anything that you can say, see, this is a new thing? No, there's nothing new under the sun. So, whatever situation you are in, there, there's an example of the word of God. So why don't you buy into the mind of God concerning that thing so you will not make a mistake? Number seven. Reading the Bible is how you learn about the gospel. Do you know, I'll, I'll give you this assignment. When you focus only on what Jesus said, And you listen to the modern day church and the preaching. You see that it is totally opposite to what Jesus said.
When you go, take the Bible and read the red letter. Just what Jesus said. What he meant. And check it. Jesus' message was very simple and very straightforward. We have complicated the message. It's time, I was telling my bishop friend, it's time for us to strip back the message and make it as pure and as simple as it's supposed to be. When I was growing up as a young Christian, the way I was taught the Bible was very simple. There's no big complicated revelation trying to see we have become like you know lotto forecasters have you seen a lotto forecaster we take this two you permit it with this three but this four you get uh, 25 last year he gave 25 on the third of february no on the fifth of september next year he's going to be 24 and it's just com- complex and no 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 it's very simple that which has been is that which will be. There is nothing new under the sun. It is just the pure simplicity of the word. Amen. I'll give you an assignment. You go home the next month. Just take what Jesus said and read it. It's not a lot. If you read it from Mark, it's not a lot. But you will get to understand that it's totally different from what we are preaching. Hallelujah. That's how you learn the real gospel. John chapter 5 verse 39 to 40. Are you learning something? You search the scriptures because you think they give you eternal life. But the scriptures point to me. This is Jesus talking. The scripture you are reading is supposed to point to me. Yet you refuse to come to me to receive life. This is Jesus talking. You are not willing to come to the scripture is pointing to a place but you don't want to go there. Number eight. Reading the Bible gives us courage. Joshua chapter one, verse eight says that this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night and observe everything that is written in it. Only then will you prosper and have what? Good success. Verse 9. Verse 9 says that this is my command. Be strong. Be what? Courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Hallelujah. He says that when you read this one and you meditate, one of the things that it gives rise to is courage. And strength. Hallelujah. Because reading the word builds your faith. And when your faith is built up, you become courageous. Remember on Sunday I was talking about the title, 
when you have the title deed, the way you walk is different. You understand what I'm saying? Because you have the house. You have the keys. You are walking towards the house. You are not walking as a tenant. You are not walking as a stranger. You are walking into your house. Are you with me? So when somebody meets you along the way, or you only see somebody in the compound, what do you say? Who are you? What are you doing here? This is my house. Well, how do you prove that this is my house? This is my title deed. This is my key. Hallelujah. That is the reason why we must strive. We must try whatever we can to become people that are strong in the word. Hallelujah. This year, one of the things that I want us to do is to be strong in the word. See, when you are strong in the word, nobody can move you away from you. Nobody can make you leave the church. Not even the pastor. Who born dog? No, no. This is my place of blessing. I don't care whether, brother, pastor, you don't like me. I am not living here. Why should I leave my place of blessing and go somewhere else? Have you not read in the scripture, anytime God was looking for any particular person, he went to where the person was. When he was looking for Abraham, where did he go? In Genesis chapter 18, he went to the house of Abraham. Shall I hide what I'm going to do from my friend Abraham? Seeing that he is an upright man and he will look after his family well and teach them the, my, my instructions. So he sent three men to his house. What if he was angry with his wife? So he has taken some, some a suitcase and relocated to the next town. The word would have come. That's what we do today. Because we are not grounded ourselves. Our being here is because of somebody's nice face. And the relationship we have somebody. So the day the person offends you, that's the day you pack up. Nobody divorces their family. Because you know that your, your inheritance, your roots, even medically, psychologically, is linked to the Wilson family. Because that's your root. Whether you like it or not, if you have a medical problem, want to trace the, the genesis of the medical problem, we are coming to the Wilson house. So you divorce, you, you are no longer a Wilson. You want to make yourself a Smith. We'll go into the Smith DNA. We don't find you. We will misdiagnose and mistreat your illness with the Smith DNA when you belong to a Wilson. Are you getting what I'm saying? But these days, because we are not very, very well grounded in the word, we don't realize that the house, he said, I will take the lonely and put them in a family. This is a family. God has put you here for a reason. There's a DNA that is linked to your prosperity and your future. That is here. Not any other place. So how dare you let anybody drive you away from here? Next one, let's finish. Reading the Bible helps you to be fruitful. Blessed is a man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, 
or stands in the way of sinners or sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. Verse 3 says that he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaves shall not wither, and whatever he does shall what? Prosper. His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. That is what makes his way prosperous and bring him good success. Hallelujah. Number 10. Let's go home. Reading the word of God allows us to be certain of what God said. Hallelujah. In these days of ring lights, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, everybody's talking. Anybody at all can just put a ring light on their face and begin to say something. That sounds very logical. They seem to have deep knowledge. And because you have no knowledge, see, the white man came with a bottle of gin. And he said, have you seen this thing? To the ignorant black man, have you seen this thing? This thing is worth a life. So I'll give you this bottle. Give me one of your brothers. You see, if you don't know the value of anything, the one who tells you what the value is, you believe it. Because you don't know the value. And then the person drank it, and because of the, the pain, the, the, the throat and everything, it's has got to be right. Forget about those white people and everything. When you see the, the ring light and somebody's talking, just think of this gin I've just given you. They are pointing something inside of truth. And then when you drink, it's, it's got to be right. No. How can a bottle of liquor be worth a man's life? But when you can't read or you won't read, you are the same. The one who reads and is enlightened will be the one who will lead you. Stand to your feet. Let's go home.